Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the Deal Quest Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, Deal Quest listeners and viewers. This is another solo cast. Uh, and in this solo cast, I want to talk about a 10-step process that I have uh, and, uh, and I've been using for a number of years with clients. And in fact, it forms the basis of um, uh, these whiteboarding sessions I do to help people decide and prepare for the types of deals that they're going to do. So we have a 10-step process that we take clients through. We have a questionnaire um, and, uh, and then we, we do these whiteboarding sessions, uh, and it's a, you know, it's a series of, um, things that you should be thinking about, uh, if you're planning on doing deals and especially if you're planning on doing deals repeatedly. So let's say you decide you want to acquire other companies, right? You want to do M&A, whether it's big M&A or small tuck-ins, um, you want to apply these questions, even if you want to do uh, a series of licensing deals or joint ventures or strategic alliances, it doesn't matter the type of deal, but this is more a process to go through. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's helpful if you're going to do a one-off deal, but certainly if you're going to do multiple deals, um, you want to really do this process driven, right? Because too many times um, folks do deals, they're just haphazard, right? And then, then the problem is you have all kinds of you know, equity structures or deal structures or, you know, uh, contractual arrangements out there. And they're different, right? They're harder to manage. They're harder to scale. They're less valuable if you eventually sell the company because either your cap table is a mess or your contractual requirements are all over the place. Um, so, you know, this is a way to think about it, to get the right deals done, to systemize them, to have them be in a way where they're more likely to be successful and also um, where they can be more easily integrated, be, they could be managed, and, be, and because it's systemized, um, you become more efficient at it, and you do it better, so it's better for on an operating basis, but then it also makes your company more valuable at the end. So what's, what's point one? Um, point one, I go to the fundamental question of why, right? And it may seem unusual um, for folks that, you know, and a lot of people think of lawyers, you know, in, in my putting my lawyer hat on for now for a moment, um, uh, people think of um, lawyers as the people who you get called in to document a deal once it's ready to go. Well, that's true sometimes, and we'll get referred in sometimes for that. And we're happy to do it. But with most of our clients, we've been representing them for a while, or we're referred in because we're the folks that get involved much earlier on a strategic level to help people think through whether there's a potential deal on the table or whether whether somebody just wants to think about start doing, you know, uh, certain types of deals, we're going to be in pretty early, right? So one of the questions we're going to ask is why? Why do you want to do deals? Why do you want to grow? Why are you looking to acquire a series of companies? Why are you looking to 
have a licensing program? Why are you looking to do these series of joint ventures? Um, because uh, we asked that question for a couple of reasons. First of all, I do believe in, you know, in the Simon Sinek and everybody else talks about start with why in general in life. Um, and the truth is that some people are motivated to grow and to do certain types of deals, not from the right place. And those deals aren't going to be successful, right? You know, if you're um, just desperate to do something or compensated for growing for the growth, the sake of growth, and there's no real sort of plan. I mean, I know people who've grown significantly and their profitability is actually down their headache and hassle, you know, and uh, is higher and they sort of regret the growth, right? And it's because they haven't done it in a conscious way where they, you know, started this process and they haven't asked why, you know, are they driven by ego? Or are they driven by real reasons why, you know, to expand the products and services that you can provide clients to expand geographically to build enterprise value so that you can, you know, scale and sell eventually in a way that makes sense. There's a million good reasons to, you know, for why, but there's some bad ones as well. The other thing that why does is if I know the why as a key advisor of yours, as, you know, let's say you're an attorney, and this should apply to every professional you work with, whether it's an investment banker, a business broker, you're, you know, financial and accounting people. Um, if we don't understand why you're doing something, it's much tougher for me to help guide you, right, to make the right decisions, to help you vet opportunities, to help you know where you should look for opportunities and all that kind of stuff. So we really want to start with why, and that why should involve some introspection, okay, <laughs> right, um, to be able to um, uh, to determine, um, you know, what is it really for you at a fundamentally deep level, right? Okay, so that's number one. Now, in this video, by the way, we're going to get through, I think, the first five, and then I'll probably do a separate solo cast with the second five. So it'll be a little bit of a cliffhanger because we only do solo casts once every four episodes. But any case, uh, step one is why. What is step number two? Step number two in the 10 tips is who? Who are you targeting, right? Once you know you why, it helps you determine who you're targeting. Now, um, some people, you know, it's, it's very haphazard, right? It's just who they happen to come across. Well, again, if you're going to do multiple deals, you want to have a target audience, right? If you're acquiring companies, you want to have criteria for who are those potential targets? What do they look like? What size are they? Where are they located? What, you know, are the characteristics? How do they fit in your culture? Um, what are you trying to add? Um, if you are, um, you know, going to do, if you're looking for um, online affiliates, right, in an affiliate deal, well, who's the ideal affiliate? What kind of audience do you want them to have? What kind of level of commitment do you want them to have? Um, what kind of reputation and personality do you want them to have, right? You need to figure out who you're targeting, and that should relate to your why. If your why is geographical expansion, then obviously you're going to be targeting people outside your current geographical area. If your why is because you want to expand the products or services, you know, you, you do really well in this area, you know, your clients need this additional product or service, you don't have that expertise. Well, now that why has you target folks who have that expertise, that experience in that area, the, that client base, um, you know, or technical ability or team that can deliver on that expanded service or product that you want to deliver. Um, so you want to get super clear on, who you're targeting? What is the criteria for those target people? And, you know, one of the reasons why this is super important is because it, listen, when you do deals, it could easily be distraction to your core business, especially if you're in the place where you're still working your core business day to day, right? If you've gotten to the place of what I call entrepreneurial freedom, where, you know, you have a great team in place and 
and you you freed up a lot of your time. You're only use your highest and best use areas, as I always talk about. Um, you know, then maybe you're more freed up. But even then, nobody wants to waste their time, even if you have some excess time. And frankly, even if we've done a good job on that, you know, uh, there's always something that we want to get done, whether it's in the business or spending more time with the family or taking care of health or whatever it is, right? So we want it to be efficient. Well, if we don't spend the time to get super clear on who we're targeting, we're going to spend a lot of time, you know, uh, kicking tires, so to speak, right? Meeting with folks that aren't pre-qualified. You know, it's similar to, to with clients. People do this in sales all the time, right? You talk about pre-qualifying prospects because you don't want to spend a lot of time on people who either are unlikely to buy or don't have the money or, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, well, you want to do a very similar thing with who you're targeting for deal um, counterparts, right? Um, okay, so we're spending time on why we're spending time on who we're targeting. Now, let me just sort of preview something here, because even in those first two, and remember, there's 10 steps here with actually all but two of them being pre-closing of the deal, right? Um, so, you know, we have eight steps before we even get a deal closed. This may seem, wow, like this, Corey's already given me a lot of homework. I just want to get a deal done. Well, again, listen, it's a little less important. I think it's still important. It's a little less important if you're going to do a one-off deal. Um, but even then it's important. But certainly if you want to grow through deals, trust me, this will save you so much time in the long run. It's, you know, it's that, you know, prepping up front so that you don't uh, waste time uh, down the line. Now, listen, I'm going to be wrong. I'm practical. If you have a potential deal on the table, um, you know, uh, am I going to encourage you to do these steps before we go forward? Actually, yes. But am I, am I going to encourage you to do it at the, you know, at the, I mean, we're going to move the deal along simultaneously, right? I'm going to have you take a little step back and have you spend some focus time, get at least high level view of these things, make sure this one deal that you're doing fits into that, right? And then we can sort of use that as a learn as you go kind of process. So, you know, we're not going to stand in the way of getting a good deal done if that's what's prompted you to start thinking about these things. But ideally, you are starting to think about these things well in advance of doing your first deal, right? We'll, we'll play with it. We'll dance with it if you haven't. Um, but really, you know, you want to start thinking about this in advance because, as you'll see, they build on each other and it'll really help your success. Okay, so what's step number three, right? We've done who you're targeting, value proposition. Now, most of you, all of you understand that for clients, for customers, et cetera, you know, unique selling proposition, value proposition, differentiator, all of these things we've heard in connection with customers and clients, right? How do you differentiate yourself from the competition? What's the value problem? What's your elevator pitch? A million ways we've heard variations of that talked about. And we fully understand it, or at least we should, when it comes to our customers and clients, right? Why would somebody buy from us? Why would somebody want to hire us? Why would somebody want to... Um, use our service or buy our product. Well, if you're doing it right, you also have a separate value proposition. It's different than your value proposition to your customer and clients. You have a separate value proposition that is for your deal targets, okay? If you are putting in a licensing program and you're going to um, license out some of your um, intellectual property, technology, um, whatever it is to people and you've figured out why and now you know who you're targeting that key those key licensees well why would they want to do a deal with you why would they want to license your technology your ip why would they want to do that if you're looking to acquire companies 
right? Why would they want to be acquired by you? What is the value proposition you're offering? And again, you know, where nice people and it's a great place to work is not it. Um, and the value proposition is something that is, we're going to get into, I'm going to give you a little preview, right? Um, we're going to get into later. Um, well, we have one more before it, then we get to model. And then starting in the next telecast, we can talk about deal structure. The model and the deal structure are not the value proposition. The model and the deal structure are actually what you create that delivers on that value proposition. Right. That value proposition, maybe you're going to help these folks grow. That value proposition, maybe that you're going to take away all kinds of back and middle office and let them do what they're great at. That value proposition may be um, that you are going to that the synergies of this joint venture. Right. Are going to help, you know, both companies grow. Whatever it is. Right. You've got to figure out that value proposition and have it clearly stated. And the great part about a clear value proposition, like it is for customers and clients, is that it should actually make it easy for people to opt in and opt out. And opt out is as important, at least, as opt in. Because when they opt out and they say, that's not me, or I'm not interested in that, whereas if you're in a place of scarcity that may worry you, it's actually a beautiful thing because you don't waste time there. You only find, you don't want a deal with that person anyway, because if they don't recognize your value proposition, they're not going to be the right aligned partners in a, you know deal counterparts, Right. So you want people to opt out. You want a clear value proposition that says, hey, this is for me. It's not for me, right? Again, efficiency, increased chance of the deal working, right? Being able to find the right people more um, quickly. All right, that's number three. Number four, right resources in place. Okay, so before we even go to building a model and deal structure, which I've sort of previewed, you know, are coming up, we need to figure out what resources we need to get there. Right. And those are internal resources. Those are people resources. Those may be systems. It may be um, things we need to learn, maybe external relationships like with attorneys or investment bankers or accountants or business brokers or uh, consultants or whatever it is. Um, it may be uh, building up some more internal capacity to integrate additional business. Um, there's a lot of uh, um, uh, maybe capital or may not be capital. Right. Not every deal needs capital, as we've said many times in this on this podcast. So we want to figure out what are all the resources we need. We do, and we encourage our clients in these whiteboarding sessions to do a resource map, right? Figure out everything they need, figure out what they have in place already, figure out what they don't have in place, figure out what they may have sort of in place, but it's not at the level they need it and how they upgrade it. Um, because in order for the deal to be successful and, and also to be, have it be successfully done without hurting your core business, right? Because sometimes you know, if you don't have the right resources in place, you can end up pulling people uh, who are supposed to be focusing on the existing operations, client satisfaction, things like that, and they get distracted and then, you know, and then it hurts your core business. Um, you don't want that to happen. So you want to figure out what are the resources you need in place to get a deal program going and um, to do it successfully and have it be done successfully while your business continues to uh, be successful in its existing operations. Okay, finally, for this um, uh, episode, I'm going to hit number five, and that is model. Now, um, some people confuse model and deal structure. I'm going to talk about deal structure next. It'll be a kickoff of our next um, solo cast. But model is different than deal structure, right? Because deal structure is deal by deal. It's, you know, and you may tweak things, change things, you may customize things. But the model is how are you going to do these deals, 
right? If you're doing acquisitions, are you doing deals where you're buying people out and they're becoming employees? Are you doing deals where they're buying people out and they're retiring, right? Succession deals. Are you buying people out for cash and they're staying on as an employee? Are you, uh, it's part of your model that you give equity in the overall company or the holding company or whatever it is, right? Um, it, it, same thing for licensing deals, right? Um, what is your model? Is your model have certain minimums to be able to, you know, is it exclusive, not exclusive? Are there certain minimums to be able to maintain that, that exclusivity? Um, is it exclusive by just by geography? Um, you know, is there uh, a percentage that you that, that you spend uh, or require them to spend, uh, you know, on marketing as part of the license agreement? So you want to build a model. And the, and the main reason why it's super important for you to build a model, okay, is if you're going to do multiple deals, you want to do all of those deals within the model. Now, the model could have, doesn't mean the model has to have one single way. You can build, depending on how many deals you're doing, and this is really a customized conversation. You might have two options, three options in the model, all right? But you want to be careful because the more options you have, you really don't have a model anymore, right? You know, you just have a menu of a lot of stuff. And the reason why it's important to have a model and some consistency is because if you don't have that, it's much tougher to manage them, right? You have all these different deals over here. People have different arrangements. Um, it's not as consistent. It's not as scalable, Right which may be part of the reason you're doing this. You want to scale. You want to scale for your own purpose. You want to scale to increase enterprise value if you ever want to exit, right? Um, also, people talk. And listen, no matter what you say, there's always a risk. Certainly, you know, if it's internal people, even external people, if you have totally different deals, different models, whatever, you know, that can cause confusion as well. And again, as you grow and you hire more of an executive team to manage this stuff, it just becomes a mess when you have all different types of deal structures going on. So you want to create the model under which your deal structure, you know, will follow. Um, and, um, and that model is the key thing, right? We're going to build that model. And this is something, again, in these white boy sessions, otherwise we help clients do. We're going to build that model to take into account, okay, what is your why? Who are you targeting? What is the value proposition? right? We've got the right resources in place, right? Because we know what we need, the resources for that model. But the model should um, tie in totally to one through three, right? The model is going to create a model of way, the way you do these deals. It's going to fill you why. It's going to be tailored to who you're targeting because different targets have different desires, different interests, right? Different um, people might be more interested in equity versus cash in an M&A deal, for example, right? So you're going you're gonna to create your model that's based upon the why, who you're targeting, and then it's going to tie into your value prop. So if you are selling the fact that you have a great succession solution for folks, the model better include one, right? If you are selling the fact that um, people are going to uh, make more money when they join the company and they're working for them because they're going to get a higher salary or commission or split or whatever it is, right? The model better include that, all right? If you're selling, hey, you get to become an owner where, you know, we're targeting folks, for example, who don't have ownership in their current entities, but, you know, our stars. So that's, you know, let's say, our, our, you know, we have a why we want to grow with certain type of people. We say, hey, our maybe our ideal people are people working with someone else who have made major contributions to their firm, but have not been given ownership. So part of our value proposition 
a value proposition is that we are going to offer some equity class. Okay, now we know we need to build a model that has um, an equity component in it. And we can talk about what class and rights and preferences and what are the benefits and detriments and what are the restrictions and all that kind of good stuff, right? But we need to have that model reflect that. So in the next solo cast, I'm going to go through number uh, six through 10. I've already given you a uh, little preview that uh, the first one, number six, and the next one will be deal structure, but there are four more. Um, but I will tell you something, uh, and I'm not telling you, saying you should stop here, but if you just did one through five, you're doing a lot better than a lot of other folks. Um, and, um, you know, and, and because you've gotten to the point where you have really thought through why you're doing this, who you're looking for, what is your thing that will attract them? What have you be valuable? You got the right resources in place and you've built a model. You're actually now poised to start to do deals. Okay. We need a deal structure. That's the next thing. We need to get that structure in place. So you're ready to go, but you're really poised to start. And you've done a lot of the bigger thinking, right? That, 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 that internal work you should do personally, the conversations you should be having with your team um, to be able to figure those first five points out. Um, So folks, that's what I have for you for this week. Uh, look out in a few weeks for the next uh, uh, solo cast where I will go through the uh, the next five. Uh, and if we can support you in any way, obviously, you know, we delve into these deeply with clients. Um, I've mentioned these whiteboarding sessions. I mean, uh, we do a lot of these half day. I've done a couple in the last few weeks. Um, half, to, half day whiteboarding sessions where we have a questionnaire that where people fill out their initial thoughts on these top 10. And then we, um, uh, you know, then we, we, we sit down recently back in person, but we can do them virtually as well uh, in a room for half a day, three, four hours usually. And we go through this and we really get a high level of clarity on this. And it's, uh, you know, the feedback I've gotten on these whiteboard sessions is phenomenal. And I love doing them because it really sets up people for their future uh, growth and has them get a much clearer view on how they're going to do repeatable deals in a way that's really going to work for the company. So with that, folks, have a great week. Uh, We will be back next week with a guest podcast and then look out for the second half of this conversation in the next solo cast. Thank you for joining me on this episode of DealQuest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the DealQuest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the Mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a Mastermind format. To sign up for the free Mastermind, go to www.coreycupfer.com slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.